Welcome to the Dwelling Podcast. We're so glad you tuned in. Our hopes is that this message inspires you and builds your faith today. Our choices have always, always mattered. When you grew up, you knew also when it was important to lie or not lie. I know you're not supposed to. But you knew when you were supposed to say the truth really quickly to your parents when you got caught. Or blame it on your sisters. Which I, I would never have done, but I did once in a while maybe, right? So our choices matter. Just in case you didn't know, what your one choice, one decision away from seeing something miraculous in your life happening because God just dives in at, the, at that moment. You're just one decision away of leaning in to what he's doing in your life and God does something miraculous. You're one decision away from seeing a breakthrough that God has promised you and you're just like one decision away, one small choice away from that. So we do understand that our choices, yeah, thank you, they matter. Our choices matter. Pastor Gunner is not with us today because he had a choice to make that he asked me to read for you this morning, okay? So let me read this to you. Dear dwelling family, my family and I are missing being with you this morning. I've asked the fan to read this letter so that you are informed about what is going on in my life in our in our family. I've always made it my intent to be authentic and open with you. And everybody here would know this to be true. And to be a living example of trust in God, even when life is not a bed of roses. Many of you are aware of the ongoing challenges my family and I have faced over the past few years. In the last several weeks, I've not been an easy time. So with the wisdom and blessing of our overseers, I will be taking a few weeks to take care of my family. While I am away, our amazing leaders have graciously agreed to step in and take care of what is necessary, and our church overseers will provide assistance and oversight. Our family is more grateful for these people that we can actually express. Please know that I will be missing you during this time, and I look forward to returning as soon as I am able. In the meantime, Please keep my family in your prayers and thank you for your understanding and support. We love you all so much. Sincerely, Pastor Goddard. Official statement, here's, Pastor needs to take care of his family. We know, we all know this. If you're a parent, you know this. Everything's important in life, but there's nothing like family, right? I mean, yeah, but you, husbands would take a bullet for their wives any, any day. They would do anything for their families. And that's what Pastor Gardner is doing right now. So here's what we would ask you gently to do in the coming weeks, okay? Please, if, please don't call them for now. We ask you to refrain from that. They're busy. They need to focus on the family right now. And, get, and you know this, getting 100 phone calls, you feel like you need to answer and you need to be nice when... He should be focusing on, on his family right now. So we ask you, we'll have more news next week. We will keep you updated on this. If you want to send an email, go on the church website. There's a place where you can send an email. We'll get it and we'll make sure that we send it to him. Here's one thing that we want you to do though, okay? Is make the choice to pray for them. 
I, come on, let me repeat this one, okay? Let me repeat this one. One thing we can do as a church is make the choice to pray for them. Okay, let me repeat this a third time. I know everybody's like, what? What's going on? I know you probably have a thousand questions and we don't have all the answers, okay? All we know is what we know for now. And in our curiosity, let's just, you know, bend it down a little bit to our prayer life. Can we do that? Pastor Gunner trusts you so much that you have um, a, a, a strong prayer life that he knows that you'll be praying for him and that you'll be praying for the family. So third time, last one, okay? It's my last call. So can we pray for Pastor Garner and his family? Come on, church, that's awesome. At the end of the service, um, we will pray as a church for them. And he wanted me, he's like, no, preach, preach the word because this, this, this is life-changing. I'm like, okay, okay, I can do that. But today we'll receive God's word as something that will uplift us, okay? Even in the, whoa, 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 where is this? Where, what just happened? Well, because we all know that our choices actually do matter. We would, we would make all the same choice in this circumstance. We would choose to take care of our families. That's not even a question. So that's what you'll be doing in the coming weeks. And we will keep you posted. Is that good? Is that good? So a few years ago, um, I learned that choices were important. I had a friend, his name is Vincent. And uh, Vincent was a good friend of mine. We had met in, in a summer camp. And um, when we met there, you know, Vincent was a few years younger than me. He was uh, about, I don't know, way shorter than me, like a lot of people, but still, it was shorter than me. But we went to camp, we had fun. And then we went to a, a hockey tournament, actually a broom ball tournament. Broomball, who knows broomball? You don't know you don't know what you're missing in life right now if you don't know what broomball is. It is exactly what I just said. You use a broom and you use a ball, and then you play a broomball. It's as stupid as that. Anyways, so we get to this tournament, it's a youth rally type of a thing, and then I see Vincent. I'm like, hey Vincent, how you doing? And we start talking. It's like, hey, have you ever met my sister? I'm like, what? I didn't even know he had a sister. I've known the guy for five years. Yes, you can start. What, really? Five years, he's never talked to me about his sister. I mean, there's a few reasons for that because, you know, a friend of yours can't go out with your sister. That's just, everybody knows that's the friend zone. You can't, you, that's, you can't go there. But this day, he said, well, let me, you know, want you to meet my sister. So walks away. He's like, oh, she's right there. And he points in the direction of a redhead with green eyes. And I knew that day at that moment, specifically at that second, I'm like, Vincent, I am making the choice to not talk to you again for the rest of the day. I'll be talking to your sister all day. Trust me. Because we know that our choices matter, right? Who am I going to be talking to? So in case you haven't, yeah, that was Chantal. And when I got, the closer I got, I mean, my, my knees went weak. My heart was beating fast. My hands were like getting sweaty a little bit. I was like, oh, yeah, what, what, what. Talking has never been much of an issue, but as the closer I got, the, 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 that's the more it sounded in my head. So I knew that I needed to make a choice of having something decent to say. 
I don't remember what I said. Clueless on what I said. All I remember is looking at those green eyes. And I was like, oh, I can swim in there for a while. My God, oh my, 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 my. Never talked to Vincent for the rest of the day. I, I, don't, I don't even know if I talked to Vincent after. Uh, the rest of, I don't, I don't even know. But I knew that day that making the choice to not talk to him and talk to her was going to be something that would be significant in my life. Of course, because I married her a few months later, and now it's been almost 33 years. Because we know that our choices matter. The choice of listening in your classroom matters. Yeah, I know some, you don't need to say, there's a few of you, you don't need to say amen to this. I'm just going to say it anyways. Because choices matter in our lives because they, they'll start defining what not happens today, but what will happen in the future. Maybe not today, maybe not even tomorrow, but there will be a moment that your choice will change something. Because every step we take in a direction, it brings us closer to a certain destination. And we'd better know where we're, where we're heading or else somebody else is deciding for you. Because we all know that our choices... Okay, good. Uh, just, okay, let's pause for a second. Adam, I need you here. Our choices. Ah, oh, gosh, you guys are so good. It's so fun that I don't have to beg for it. That's awesome. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And our choices matter so much that all of our lives, there's moments we don't want to make choices because we're, I don't know what to do. But not making a choice is also making a choice. When we're saying yes to something, we are saying no to something else. And when we are saying no to something, we are also saying yes to something else. When you're saying no to let's go party and study a little bit, you're saying yes to something else. You're saying yes to success in your school year. But you're saying no, maybe there's some fun for a few hours. When you're making the decision and the choice to be water baptized, like some of you are making today, you're saying no to something else, but you're making a choice for Jesus today. That's what you're doing. So our choices change something. The choice to scroll like this is a choice. A choice to go like this in your Bible is also a choice. Our choices have an echo in every single aspect of our lives. So let's make sure we make some right choices, right? Here's, a, here's one of my favorite verses, because today we'll be looking at somebody in the Bible, one of my favorite characters in the Bible. And we'll, you'll see the verses on screen. It's in Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Because I, I love looking at people's lives and, and gaining something from them. Gain experience. I'm like, wow, how did they make it there? I mean, maybe I, there's something I could learn from it and make some wiser choices next time. And there's this moment where you look at people's lives and like, wow, they're so led by the Spirit. I, I, I need more of this in my life so I can make the right choices. So here's what the Bible says here. Since we are surrounded by such a huge crowd of witnesses to the life of faith, not to the life of choices, right? Even though we do need to make choices, but it is a life of faith. Let us strip off everything that weighs us, that, uh, every weight that slows us down, especially the sin that is so, that so easily trips us up. And let us run with endurance 
the race that God has set before us. We do, yeah, come on, that's just like, that's, come on, let's, let's tough it out and let's get ready to run the race that God has set for you. He has put in front of you a track and field thing and he wants you to run it. He says, get, get everything off that just bothers you and just run, start running the race. Just go for it. For, from a guy that hates jogging and running, I'm like, this, this, these are the type of verses. I'm like, yeah, I get it. Uh, yeah, I want to do something else. Can I walk it? Sure. But it is all about going the way that God has already set before us. We do this by keeping our eyes on Jesus, the champion who initiates and perfects our faith. So today we'll be looking at somebody in the Bible that the Bible tells us He's just, just like you, just like me. No different. But God has done some miracles in his life and he made so many choices. There's three of them that we'll look this morning. We'll look at three of his choices that changed not only his life, but the life of multitudes of people. Okay, let me, let me repeat this one. Because your choices not only have an effect on you, they also have an effect on somebody else. They all do. No man is an island in his choices. As a dad, you make a decision for the business you're going to be building or the work you're going to choose. It will affect your family. Your choices matter. Right? So let's look at the life of Elijah this morning in the Old Testament. One of my favorite ones. In his first decision, his first choice was the choice to stand up for what's good. There's a Hebrew word called kum. It's one of my favorite words in the whole Bible. I love it so much. My daughter has heard me say this a thousand million times uh, because it's, it's about taking a stand. Not to say, oh, this is wrong. That's bad. No, 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 no. It's about standing for what is right and taking your position and just standing there, trusting that God will help you stand. And you don't bow down to compromise. You don't bow down to, to the, the gods of this world. You're not bowing down to anything. You're just standing up for Christ. That's what you're doing. And this little word is very important. It's so important that my daughter's like, okay, I'm going to get it tattooed here. That's how she got me to say yes to a tattoo when she was younger. She says, no, 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 no. No, that's not going to happen. No, 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 no. Dad, I want to write kum. Oh. I can't say no now. I've been teaching you this since you were a kid. Oh, God. I hate it when our kids use our, our own words against us, right? But she did. I'm like, okay. Okay, that's, that's okay. Kum is the idea of taking a stand for somebody. Kum is the idea of standing strong when the wind blows against you. Kum is the idea that you, you set your feet down because whatever happens, God is on your side. So here's what happens with Elijah. He's in this situation where he has about 450 prophets against them. And he had, and he had to stand down. But the kum part is not, it's a weird word, right? Let's just kum. Q-U-W-M. For those that are interested by writing words, uh, you can do that. That's, that's one of them. And there's four moments in the Old Testament where you see people that actually stand for this. The first one is David when he stands up, when he says, you know, when the lion and the, and the bear comes against me, I stand and I grab him and I kill him and I knock him down. 
wow, like, okay. He's not bowing down to something that he's facing. That's not what he's doing. He had to stand, really, and his story just, be, just became something that is known even in non-Christians. So standing has something great to it. It's, it's Joshua, right, being, getting ready to cross the, the Jordan River to get in the promised land. And we know he has to stand in order to conquer the land that's in front of him because that's when God tells him, okay, just be courageous. You'll be, fear not, just be courageous, go for it. And Joshua, the Bible tells us, took a stand. If you want to conquer what God has promised you, guess what? You got to stand. You will have to come and set your feet in the ground and go for it. And then maybe we'll tell the story of you conquering the promised land that God has for you. It's Elijah. It's, it's even Jeremiah where everybody was against him. He was a prophet of God in the Old Testament. Everybody was against him. Everybody was like, ah, shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. We rather hear these prophets that, pro that preach about prosperity and everything else that's good for us. And Jeremiah's like, actually, no, guys, where judgment is coming upon us. I'm just saying. But he had to stand in that moment. I mean, that's, I mean, I'm not sure the place was very fun to be in. And God tells him, don't be afraid, stand. And he takes a stand. And then he feels God's hand on, his him, on him at that moment. That's in Jeremiah chapter one. And Elijah takes that stand in front of everybody that's against God. But standing up meant that he had to face some challenges. I don't know about you. I know a lot of people that want, don't want to stand for Christ. Don't want to stand up in the midst of difficulties. A lot of people I know crumble in these circumstances. And I get it. We all do that. We, it, it happens. We're human. I get it. But there's this moment when we stand, we make a decision not to stand sometimes because we fear. Don't know about you. A lot of people don't want to stand up and say, okay, I'll believe. I'll, I'll go fight for what God has promised me. I'll face my challenges like I should. With the power of God, there's nothing that, you know, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be okay. God is on my side. And you know, some people don't want to take this stand because they fear what's ahead of them. Some people don't want to stand either because, you know, God, shame, because I, I did take a stand before, and dang, I crumbled like crazy. I became a puddle really quickly, and my stand was more of a laying down, you know, KO by the enemy. So they don't want to, people don't want to stand anymore. I don't know. I don't where you stand on this one. Some people don't stand because they want somebody else to stand. Well, you go first. Right? It's like, yeah, I'll go and then I'll follow you. Come on. I'm, I'm like, but you, you go. Come on. I promise I'll stand. I'll be right there right after. You pastor, you, you pray for me, okay? And then I'll follow. What? I don't pray for you. I pray with you. Oh, I didn't expect an amen on this one, but I'll say it again. Just remember, we don't only pray for you, we pray with you. You have to stand with your prayer in front of God. You can't expect somebody else to do that for you. They'll do it with you. 
So sometimes we're like, oh, just go first and then I'll stand after. Sometimes we don't want to stand for whatever. We, we've got all of our reasons not to stand and stand up for what is right, for what God has called us to run for, what God has promised in our lives for different reasons. And they're all okay. I mean, we just need to face them though. I just pray that we are aware of those reasons this morning because that changes something. It's not about taking a big stand like, like Elijah did. He stood in front of 450 prophets of Baal and he asked God to send the fire of heaven in front of everybody else. And they didn't, that didn't work out. It worked out for him. But he had to trust God to send fire from heaven, basically thunder and lightning, when there were a drought of three years. I mean... I mean, God, send the rain. It's been dry for three years. Ah, uh, you guys, you're, you're standing for the false gods. And I know what I'm doing here. I, I mean, there's some faith attached to all this. Standing requires some faith that needs to be, you know, brought up a little bit in our lives. It doesn't happen just like this. But our choices matter. When we make the choice to stand, we make a choice to stand. And it's not only good for you, it helps somebody else also. The whole country of Israel went back to God because one man stood. Okay, let me say this. One man stood up in front of the enemy, in front of everything that was evil, and he decided to stand for God, and the whole country came back to him. You stand in school, what happens? Your school, somebody in your school might actually decide to follow Jesus because of your stand for him. You're at work and instead of laughing at those stupid jokes, you stand for what is good, for not degrading women, for not degrading different races, but you stand for good and somebody else's lives could be changed because of it. It's not only to stand, I've got a mic, and I'm Martin Luther King, and I'll be talking to the crowds. Yeah, sure, that happens. Not that often, though. But individual stands, people that stand when they're supposed to be standing, changes something. One day, somebody stood for me. I remember I was 12 years old, young kid, tall, Bunch of hair. Yeah, I lost that part. You know, I looked like an asparagus back in the days. Yeah, now you've got an image. I'm sorry. Actually, I'm not sorry. Now, you, now you'll remember this, okay? But I looked like an asparagus. And then uh, I was in the camp, and this pastor comes up to me. He's like, I believe that God wants to use it. And he looked at me straight in the eyes. I mean, like, you know the people that look you in the eyes, and you're like, can you look somewhere else, please? I feel like you're peering into my soul. I want to hide a few things, right? So he was doing that. And he's like, you know, just softly, but, you know, sure. He's like, God will use you, Stefan. I'm like, yeah, good. Awesome. What the heck is he talking about? I walked away, but somebody took a stand for me and helped me stand up after. Because when we make a choice to stand, we also... We model what other people can do. And sometimes people don't know how to do it. So then we, we help them be able to stand. But when we bow down to compromise, you get used to compromise. When you bow down to, 
you know, to evil, well, then we get used to bowing down to evil. When you, but when we get used to run, what do we do? We run. When we get used to stand and pray, what do we do? We get used to stand and pray. When we, when we get used and get the, 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 when we make the choice of standing, then we get used to the choice of standing. And when we cum, we cum. Because our choices, our choices, they all do. They all do. They all do. They all do. There was, a, there was a young man in his 20s back in the 1800s. His name was William Wilberforce. I love this guy's story. He decided to go into politics. That wasn't his first calling, but he decided to go into politics. Um, not that I'm you know, for or against. That's not the question. In his 20s, in his early 20s, and he decided to go into politics in England for one reason and one reason only. And it wasn't about being paid. It wasn't about having a stage. It was him wanting to abolish slavery in the whole empire of England. Young man in his 20s. Sacrificed his life. Took a stand against slavery. And guess what? They abolished slavery in his case while he was working as a politician in England. The kingdom banished well, was it overnight? Obviously not. But one man's stand helped a country free itself from tyranny. One. It takes one. Because your choices matter all the time. They're not all that big. But I remember one day in Bible college, I'll say this a little emotionally because we weren't that rich. Mom, mom tried to make ends meet. Um, when I was young, and um, so I decided to go Bible college, and I'm, I'm ready for it, I'm going for it, you know, work my, oof, I worked my butt off during the summer to be able to pay my tuition for the next year, and I got, I got, I got enough money to just make it for the first year, I'm just, I don't want to get into debt, I don't want to have to, oh, I don't want to do that, I'm like, I, I just, I, I, so I worked hard, and then I go to Bible college, I'm there, you know, got my tie on because that's how it was back then. And I get to the registrar. I'm like, I'm ready to pay my first bill. I'm like, oh, this sucks, man. <laughs> worked, I worked 10 weeks and it's going to be gone in 15 seconds. It's like, ugh, ugh, ugh. Who knows the feeling here? I'm like, just talking about it, I'm like, oh, mom, I'm, I'm going back. I'm going back. So I get there, and, and I'm like, okay, so I'm here to pay my fees and, and my tuition. And then he's like, oh, give me a second. She looks in her books. And you know when they tell you, give me a second, and when their faces go like this. You, you know something's not right. Something is not, I mean, it's just unusual. And she's like, the more pages she flips, I saw a bill. I was like, I'm done. I'm, I'm, this is it. And she's like, well, Mr. Cote. She calls me Mr. Cote. I'm 19. I feel so important at that moment. I'm like, yeah, you better call me Mr. That's, that's, that's what I call myself in my dreams. Um, it's like, well, it's all been paid for. I'm like, what, what do you mean by it's all been paid for? Yeah. Only my parents know that I need to pay this. 
and I know they can't afford this. He said, well, somebody paid for it. I said, is it my parents? He said, no, it's not your parents. I'm like, now I'm really curious. You know, I was like, who decided to take a stand for me and help me out on this one? I'm like, come on. Like, wow. Like, whoo. And I look at them, I want to know. They couldn't tell me. They didn't want to tell me. So I, I went on the hunt. Everybody I talked to was, hey, thank you so much, right? And they'd be like, what, what, what? Okay, that's not you. Uh, and you know when people lie to you, right? They're like, uh, yeah, well, it's okay. It's not me. Not sure. So I shake a few hands and I'm like, I don't know who it is. Finally, I found out who paid for it. The guy that told me when I was 12. Wow. So my wife and I have decided, you know, in the course of years, somebody took a stand for me to help me out. We're going to do that when we can with other people as well. Right? Because when something happens to you and they made a choice to help you stand, what do you do? You do the same because your choices matter. They have a great significance, not only in your life, but in other people's lives. Here's the second choice that he had to make. Now you could tell the person next to you, you know, your choices matter, come on. You don't have to, but you can if you want to. See, usually pastors say, tell the person next to you, your choices matter. You can if you want to, you don't have to. Okay, you can if you want to. It's good to be back home because we make choices in life. I, I travel a lot in the last few weeks. It was just good to be back home. It was great to make the choice of doing these conferences and stuff. It was awesome. But making the choice to just come back home and say no to a few things, just to be home, be with my wife, see my kids, you know, and, and well, my kid specifically, my son-in-law that I love. There was just something about the choices we made as parents when we were younger, young, dumb, and stupid, not knowing how to raise kids because we read the books, we went to the conferences, we listened to the people, but once the rubber meets the road, dang, this thing is way harder than everybody makes it sound like. And see our own daughter, you know, grow up in loving Jesus and marrying a man of God. You know, choices matter. They matter so much that when we stand for something good, something good happens. But there's a second choice that Elijah had to make. And this choice was to, the choice of what do you listen to? Because it matters. So the day comes, the day comes, he's winning. He won the battle and he stood up and the country came back to Jesus, to God at that moment. And then the queen's a little, you know, very, how could I say, unhappy. That would be a very, very, un, a very bad mis, uh, understatement. She was totally ticked. She goes up to Elijah and says, by this time tomorrow, and she probably pointed, she probably did the whole thing and the whole shabam. Like, By this time tomorrow, if I haven't killed you, okay, well, may the gods do this and that to me. Elijah heard that and he couldn't not hear it, but he actually listened to it. Know the difference between hearing and listening? Husbands, you know this. Let's go, let's go on that thin ice for a few seconds here. 
You know, when your wife is talking to you, it's like, yeah, I heard you, I heard you. Yeah, yeah, you heard her. You could tell everything. You could repeat everything she said, but you didn't think of anything about what she said because you weren't listening. I'm perfect at this. I always listen perfectly when my wife talks to me and my kids talk to me. I'm, I'm, I'm perfect at this. Ugh, what a lie. What a, you know, but hearing, we can't, we can't, you know, it happens. We hear it. It happens. Listening is a decision. It is a choice. Listening is a choice. So what we listen to and who we listen to matters. So he's listening to the queen that wants to, you know, wants him dead. And he starts running. He flees. He just won. He's on the top of the mountain, literally, and everything's good. Rocket baby! Everybody for God! Yeah! I'm going to kill you. <laughs> and he runs because he listened to a threat instead of listening to the voice of God at that moment. And not blaming him. The Bible tells us he's, he's just like us, right? He's just like us. But in this moment, he decides to listen to the voice of the queen that wants him that wants him dead, basically. Because the choice of listening is yours. In French, we say BB. So go like this. BB, the choice of listening is, is BB. That's yours. That's yours. Nobody else can decide what you're going to be listening to. Right? Elijah, totally discouraged, ran to the desert, got in a cavern, and he said this, I have stood alone. Totally discouraged. He even says, God, come and take me. I'm, I'm not better than anybody else. I am done. The weight of the world is on his shoulders, and he's totally discouraged. He's like, I'm done with it. I'm, I'm, God, just come and pick me up. I know none of us have ever thought that, right? But... I mean, I know some people have. I can't take this anymore. And then we start listening to the lies of the enemy. We start listening to the lies of what we hear. We listen to the news that tells us, oh, this country is going to bring some of everything. Oh, and then we, we watch it and like, wow, wow. Stop the cycle of madness. Because what we let in will set in. Okay. What we let in all the time, we'll set in there. And it's going to grow. It's going to take its space. It's going to take the place that we don't necessarily want it to take because our choices matter. We can choose what we listen to. The voices we'll be listening to. We can do that. We can take the stand, choice to stand, but now there's a choice to start listening to what we should be listening to. He listened to the voice of discouragement. I'm, I'm alone. I can't do this. I'm so tired. I've tried. Didn't work. Discouraged. I'm, you know. I can't even talk anymore. Can't make it. That's what he did. In this moment of his life, that's what he did. And sometimes that's what people do. I'm sure it's not you. But sometimes we listen to the voice of discouragement because we haven't been where we want yet, because we haven't done what we want, because we haven't gotten the results we want yet. 
yet. Let me repeat this little word that changes the whole sentence, yet. God isn't finished yet. But some people listen to the voice of discouragement and guess what's going to happen with that? You know, joy is going to come out of it? No. Because what we let in is going to set in, right? And when we get discouraged and we stand alone and like, oh, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to see anybody. I'm a, I just want to stay in my own little, you know, my own little area. Just don't bother me. Don't text me. Blah, 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 blah. Then we're easy prey because we're alone. And you know this. You've watched the TV shows. You know when lionesses start attacking, what are they looking for for weak? Wounded or animals that are alone? So when we keep listening to the voice of discouragement, what do we do? Uh, we're easy prey. P-R-E-Y and not P-R-A-Y, right? Because praying is not coming easy at that time. Peter, First Peter says this, your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for somebody to, to encourage. What Bible do you have? He's coming in to give you life, to make things easy on you. No, he's there to destroy you. So when we listen willingly, because our choices matter, right? When we listen to the voices of discouragement, we're just heading for destruction. That's what happens. We listen to the voice of threat or fear, the fear of being judged. What are are people going to say about me? They're already saying things about you that you don't even know about. So who cares? Right? Really? Who cares? Let them talk to, about you because you're doing something good, that you're standing for something good, that you're listening to good things, that you're listening to good podcasts that are growing you because you're standing for God, because you're doing something and your choices matter and you're making the choices that will change your life and somebody else's life. So who cares what they say? Peace out. Elvis has left the building. That's it. I won't do it. I won't do it. Just, just in case. Stop listening to the voice of self-doubt. Well, can I do this? And start asking yourself some questions instead. Instead of saying, oh, I can't do it. Oh, am I good enough to do this? How about, how about instead of asking yourself, uh, am I good enough to do this? How can I do this? Don't. Doubt yourself and what God can do through you. This is the moment where you're like, okay, I'm, I'm not, maybe not that great, but I know somebody who is in my life though. Right? And in the middle of that cavern, God talks to Elijah very subtly. Translation is this one, a gentle whisper. A sound. Thin, quiet. And he asks Elijah, what are you doing here? What are you doing here, Elijah? What have you been listening to? What the heck is going on in your life, Elijah? Really? You feel you're alone? I just want to tell you, there's 7,000 people that are still good. Country has changed because of you. You're tired, I'll give you the strength that you need. What are you listening to? 
and he decided to listen to God's voice and it changed everything. Changed everything. When was the last time? I, I know it's not an audible voice. I wish sometimes it'd be like football. Omaha, 54, 60, take left, take these three courses, take that job, do this. I, I wish it was like that, right? Honestly, but sometimes God does, I've, in fact, God doesn't talk that way. Most of the time, he's actually more like this. And he talks in our moments that we're alone with him because our choices matter. We'll want to spend some time with him on them all alone. I spent a moment alone, alone years ago in the Grand Canyon on the, on the rim there, sitting there looking at a rock. Uh, my family was there and I listened to God's gentle whispers in my life at that moment. And it said this. Go on. I will sustain you in your next adventure. I didn't know what that meant. I know where that would take me. I had a great job in Montreal. I had a great place, great position. We, we had everything we, we humanly could have wanted, even spiritually wanted as well. It was great. I mean, it was awesome. And then all of a sudden, God is asking me to leave what I had for something I didn't know I could have. This brought us to move to the States. God talking to my wife and talking to my daughters. And it's like, okay, well, this is it. Just because we listen to a gentle whisper from him. And that brought us here today. Yeah. Our choices matter. And what we listen to matters as well. Yeah. So instead of listening, you know, to the voice of discouragement, how about you listen to the voice of God that can change something? I want to end with this. I'll take three minutes on it. Um, there's one last thing that Elijah makes as a choice. If he, he made the choice to stand. He made the choice to listen to. And the last one, he made the choice to hope. So he goes on the mountain and he, and he says this. This is funny. The Bible says... I hear the sound of coming rain in a three-year drought. He chose what he was listening to. So he sends his servant up the hill seven times. Seven, I don't know about you, but after two, I'm like, there's nothing there, Elijah. I'm, I'm, I'm done. It doesn't, you, you don't go up the mountain without some effort, right? There's, a, there's got to be some, some grit there that needs to happen. Seven times, I know myself. After two, I'm like, can't you find somebody else to go try number three? It'll be the same results because every time we go. But he does seven times. He decided to have faith and hope in what he heard from God. He goes up and then at one point he's like, I see a cloud. It's about the size of the my palm. So some people sometimes think, oh, that's a small cloud. Actually, it's not small. It's small from the perspective of where he's standing. The cloud is not small, but the further you are from something, the smaller it is. Think about it. When you leave work, you leave the building and it's big. But if you drive five minutes, that building is like 
So when you see from afar, things look small, but they're not in reality. You only see it's small, but God is doing something great, but you only see it as something small. So there's this choice of choosing faith and hope that what God is doing, even if it seems so small for now, will be something great in your life because you made the choice to stand, because you made the choice to listen to him, because you made the choice to go and do what he's asking you to do. And guess what happens? It's a storm that happens. It rain, rains, rain, the rains come down. And well, it was just a small cloud, right? It wasn't small. It was small in that moment for what he saw. Well, God hasn't solved all my issues. That's a small cloud, by the way. You only see part of the thing that's coming towards you that God is sending towards you. Our hope is him. It's not a, I hope it's gonna work out. That's wishful thinking. That's Disney. Love Disney, don't want to insult anybody, don't worry, that's not what I'm saying. But wishful thinking, when you wish upon a star, as if the star's gonna listen to you. I don't care, it doesn't listen to you. But it does, kids, it really does. I mean, it really does, kids. But the Bible tells us that Christ is our hope. Not our thinking. Christ is our hope, and that will never, never fail us. Three choices we can make. Three, only three. Well, we can make more than that. But we can stick to three today. Make the choice to stand. What should you stand for that is good, that will help you and that will help somebody else? At that time, I'll invite Dane and Adam as well to come on stage. One of the choices we'll make, we'll stand for a pastor and his family today. We will stand with him with them and we'll pray for them in a few seconds okay you will also stand with the people that are going to be water baptized in a few minutes this is good right you'll make the choice to stand and help somebody else to stand you'll make the choice of what what am i letting into my ears now in my heart and what am i listening to what are you listening to that you should stop listening to right now spirit of god just do your work Reveal to us what we're listening to that we should stop listening to. And what are you hoping for? What is that thing that God has promised? And you'll need to go up the mountain seven times maybe. Work it out a little bit. I'll be running the track, going up the mountain. I'm like, come on. Can it just be an easy breeze of walking on the beach? No. Some work on it. So I'll just ask you to close your eyes just for a second. What's the stand that you need to take today? What are you going to do about it? What are you listening to that you should stop listening to? And what are you not listening to that you should start listening to? And lastly, make the choice to hope because your hope is Jesus. And that won't change. That will always be good. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. For more information about The Dwelling, visit thedwellingchurch.org.